Uh, we were talking in the office this week about Malala Youssef and how she took a massive risk standing up for the rights of girls to be educated in her home place of Pakistan and how as a result of taking that risk uh, she was shot in the head by the Taliban and as we know uh, she survived uh, but because of the risk that she took, uh, she was able to raise awareness about the education of girls all over the world, and in fact, uh, even won the Nobel Peace Prize. Twelve years ago, P's and G's took the risk of moving out of this building and embarking on a massive £6.9 million renovation and building project. And ten years since being back in the building, the Ministry of P's and G's has been able to expand and the buildings have been used in so many different ways and the church has grown. Maybe you have your own personal story of risk. Maybe you gave up a job, took a risk moving to a new place. Maybe you embarked on a relationship that felt risky at the time but turned out well. Or you took a financial risk that came up with the goods. Or maybe you turned up at this church or another church one day and met with Jesus. Someone once said that big things are accomplished in the world by people who are willing to take risks. Big things are accomplished in the world by people who are willing to take risks. We believe that as a church, God has given us a vision. And it's, it's not a vision just for a few people to bring about, but it's for all of us at P's and G's, if you call yourself part of the P's and G's family. We are all playing our part in bringing about this vision through praying and serving and giving. And God may be calling us to take risks today, to step out in faith, but not in a blind, random way, but taking risks, knowing that God is within us, God is beside us, God is behind us, and God is in front of us. We're going to have our reading now, and Neil's going to bring it for us. Uh, the reading this morning is from Luke 9, verses 1 to 6, uh, and you can find it in the NIV on page 1039. So it's Luke 9, verses 1 to 6, on page 1039. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and then he sent out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, Leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Thanks, Neil. Ten days ago, I was sat in the prayer room uh, that we were uh, running every day uh, for a week, and uh, if you went in, you will know that it was beautifully laid out with different stations and there were fairy lights everywhere. It was very atmospheric. Having gone around the different stations, uh, I sat down with my Bible uh, to read. 
But unfortunately, uh, because of the beautiful mood lighting, and because I'm traumatized to say that I'm getting to that age where I can't quite see the words on the page uh, when I'm holding a book, and so I have to hold it about a meter away and shine my torch on it, I could hardly see what I was reading. But I just about made out that I was reading from Luke chapter 9, or not reading as the case was. And as I sat there staring at this blur of words, I could just make out these words. Take nothing for the journey. As much as I strained my eyes and adjusted the Bible to try and put the words in the light, I could still only make out these words. Take nothing for the journey. And so I thought, well, there you go. This is uh, what God wants me to pray into then. And so I sat down uh, to pray into these words, take nothing for the journey. And as I did so, it became clear to me that these words weren't just for me, but they were for us as a church. Take nothing for the journey. What is Jesus saying to us? It feels like, it feels really risky taking nothing for a journey. Because it feels like it's about letting go. It's about just going and leaving your stuff and about trusting in God. So what we're going to do this morning is, it, this morning is explore this command together. And on this Pray, Serve, Give Sunday, see what God is saying to us as a church and us as individuals. See where he is calling us to take risks, to step out in faith and to trust him. A few, a few years ago, when uh, family Talbot was just three of us, we were going on a trip to the south of Spain. I carefully packed, thinking about what Zachary, who was three, uh, th- 13 months old at the time, would need to survive in the wilds of southern Spain for a whole week. And because it was Easter, uh, I wasn't quite sure what the climate would be like. Uh, And so for me, I packed shorts and trousers and skirts and t-shirts and jumpers and trainers and sandals, some swimming stuff and a body warmer and a waterproof. Uh, Something for every eventuality. I was prepared. Meanwhile, John, my husband, packed only his essentials, his golf clubs and a couple of shirts and a pair of shorts. That was it. And we drove off from our house in Southampton uh, to catch the plane from Bristol Airport. We had our luggage, and in those days, uh, luggage was included in the price of your flight. Uh, And we got to check in, and the lady taking our bags asked, how many bags are you going to check in? And I said, three. And it was at that moment I looked down and saw on my trolley two bags two bags. John and I looked at each other in confusion and slight trauma. We had definitely emptied the car. There wasn't a bag in the car. Uh, Where was this missing bag? But worse, the missing bag contained all my carefully chosen clothes for every climber and for every occasion. I turned to John and I said, well, I left it on the landing at home ready for you to put in the car. And John turned to me and said, ah, that'll be where it is then. (laughs) There were two shops at the time in Bristol Airport. It's a much bigger airport now. Uh, One was duty-free, so that wouldn't help me, even though it probably would have helped me, actually. I was so traumatized. And and the other was a woman's clothes shop. 
And I had 20 minutes and only a very small amount of space in my hand luggage, which was containing all the paraphernalia for a 13-month-old journey to southern Spain. And so I went into that clothes shop and I bought three T-shirts, one pair of trousers, one pair of shorts and a cardi. And that was it, me done for a whole week in Spain. Since then, I have learned the art of packing lightly. And I'm almost competitive with myself about how little luggage a family of five can take on a journey for two weeks abroad. But here is Jesus. As he sends out his disciples on a journey, he tells them this, take nothing for the journey. Nothing, not even a little carry-on suitcase. Why is that? What is the significance of this? Well, firstly, there's a sense of urgency. Jesus is telling them, take nothing, go, now, don't delay. There's no time for packing, no time to put together your itinerary or to sort out some elaborate preparations. Uh, Just go. He's saying, this is what I'm sending you to do now. Don't delay. No going home and packing your stuff. No time to get yourself an extra shirt or grab that sandwich you've made from, for the, from the fridge. This is what it's all been about. Everything you have seen me do, I am now sending you out to do. So go, don't delay. Take nothing for the journey. We live in a culture of getting ready, don't we? of planning meetings, sorting out our, our, our insurance. We have an app for everything. We like to put in this or that contingency plan, get all our ducks in a row, uh, make sure everything's checked so that there's no reason not to do something before we step out. So Jesus challenged to just go now without hesitation feels risky. It feels countercultural for us today. <coughs> Dave highlighted to us last week that as a church, it feels like we're, we're going through a time of plowing. We're being turned over, prepared for the next round of seed planting and harvesting. We've just planted a new church. We've sent out 40 or 50 members to mustard seed. And we could now be tempted to batten down the hatches and spend the next few years reconfiguring ourselves, preparing, getting everything back in order before we're ready to go out again. We could wait till our finances are really strong and we have a good, healthy reserve. But that's not what this is all about. Jesus calls us to be disciples, to be his followers, not just his fans cheering from the sidelines. And he says to us, take nothing for the journey. There's an urgency here. At P's and G's, we're not being called to lie fallow for a year. We're plowing in again because there is a huge harvest to be gathered and Jesus needs workers to bring in the harvest field now. The need out there is real now. So what does this look like? Well, it looks like us all joining in and getting on board. Together with the gifts that God has given to us all, we're called to be church, to make disciples, to go As Dave reminded us too last week, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then you are a mission partner, wherever he has called you to live his life. And his mission for us is to live out the kingdom of God. When Jesus brought in the kingdom of God, it looked like him speaking truth. 
It looked like him challenging the norms and structures of society. It looked like him bringing in justice and freedom and loving those at the bottom of the pile. It looked like restoring life and wholeness. It looked like people being given the chance to leave their old ways and to follow him. Jesus sent out those 12 disciples in Luke 9 to do exactly the same thing, to reveal Jesus' transforming power. And each of our lives today is that gospel story. Each of our lives is the story of Jesus transforming us through his love and his forgiveness and his power. And so to join in, you don't need to get all your ducks in a row first. You don't need to be trained. You don't need to have gone on a course. You don't need to have been a Christian for five or 10 or 20 years. We don't need to wait until our families have grown up or our children are sleeping through the night or to have finished this project or to have more hours in the day. The time is now. Jesus is saying, your life can speak of my transforming power now. There's no time to pack your bags. But Jesus doesn't leave us with this take nothing. He lays out a little bit more detail. He tells us what we're not to take. He says this, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. I'm just going to concentrate on a couple of those, the first two. He says, take nothing for the journey, no staff. Now, men in this culture uh, would all have had a, a staff, a big strong stick, a nice big walking stick, and they'd have taken it everywhere with them. As they walked along from village to village or town to town, the paths will have been quite rough, and so the staff was there to steady them on the journey. But it was also to use as a defense. Sometimes things were a little tough, a little bit more tricky, a little bit more dangerous. And so your staff was the first thing that you would pick up. Maybe it will be like our phones are to us today. If I go somewhere, I always take my phone with me. It's got, it's got my credit card on, it's got my bus tickets on, it's my way of getting in touch, it's my security, it's my defense in case something goes wrong. But Jesus is saying to his disciples, don't take your staff. Don't take your security, your defense with you. Because I am with you. And I am your defense. I am all you need. I will be with you if things go wrong. Go out and take the risk. I am with you. Take nothing. I am all you need. And then he says, take no bag either. In, our, in this culture, this would have been like a, a wallet or a purse, not like a big suitcase or anything. It would be something you carried your valuables in. And Jesus is saying, don't take any money. I will provide. The bag and the staff were also really significant in Jesus' culture for a couple of other reasons, which I think are helpful. Firstly, in that time, uh, there were a whole load of itinerant uh, spiritual teachers who traveled around from village to village and town to town uh, trying to perform miracles for money or teaching a spiritual message. And they would carry their staff into the village or town for protection. And they would also carry a money bag with them so that they could fund themselves by begging from the people who gathered around them to listen to what they had to say. And Jesus is saying, take no staff, take no bag. Don't make yourself like these people, like these itinerant teachers. Leave those things behind so that you will stand out as being different. 
I want my disciples to be dis distinct, to be different. Take no bag, take no staff. The second reason is that, this, uh, that at the time, a rabbi, a teacher, when he arrived at the temple in, the Jerus in Jerusalem, he would go into the outer court and would take off his bag and he would put his staff down and he would take off his outer cloak and his shoes as well and leave them outside the inner courts of the temple. And by doing this, he's saying, I don't need these trappings of earthly things. By leaving these things behind, he's showing that his whole person was fully absorbed in the service of the Lord. The rabbi literally left his stuff, left behind his symbols of worldly concern. He left them at the door so that he could serve the Lord unhindered. If you're part of this church, then we ask everybody here to pray, serve, give. But maybe we're holding back from doing one or more of those things because we, we're being held back, but maybe by something that we're carrying. It might be a feeling of unworthiness, unworthiness to serve. If you feel unworthy, remember that all our unworthiness, all our lack of confidence, all our insecurities, all our doubts about ourselves, all our anxieties, all our worries, all of it was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Jesus' death and resurrection has made you worthy. It might be you think that there's always somebody better who could be in the band or helping out with the sound or helping out with youth or children or welcome or whatever it is. It might be that you aren't giving financially because you don't know what is around the corner and you just don't feel that you can make that commitment. Maybe you aren't praying for the church because you just don't know what to pray or it's low down on your priority list. Sometimes just acknowledging that this is the stuff that we're carrying, this is the stuff that we're ho is holding us back, gives us the freedom to lay it down. And it feels risky because often those things, those things that we carry are those things that make us feel secure whether it's money or time or our identity or something we believe about ourselves and have done for a long time. But I believe that God is calling us all. He's calling us all to take nothing for the journey. So what is it that you and I need to lay down to help you to step out unencumbered, to take your full part in the journey he is taking us on now? So let's travel light Lay down whatever is hindering you. This is all quite big, risky stuff. So let's look again at the passage to understand how the disciples had the confidence to go out with nothing, to go out with nothing from village to village, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, healing the sick, casting out demons. Well, firstly, we know that for the past few months, the disciples have spent day after day with Jesus. They've spent time with him. They've learned from him. They've listened to him. They've seen Jesus doing exactly what he's now telling them to go and do him, uh, themselves. And then at the beginning of chapter 9, Jesus calls his friends to him. He gathers them together. And he says that he, and he, it says that he gives them all power and authority. 
He gives them all power and authority to drive out demons, cure diseases, proclaim the kingdom of God. He gives them the same authority, the power of God that he has himself. And then he says, take nothing for the journey. Jesus is saying, you have my power and my authority. You don't need anything apart from this. We discover elsewhere in the New Testament that the same power and authority is given to all of us too, who are Jesus' disciples today. Paul reminds the Ephesian Christians, this in Ephesians 1, that he has given them incomparable great power for us who believe. And that power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly realms. Just listen to that bit again. That power that we have been given is the same power, the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly realms. We are a church whose job it is to continue to reveal the kingdom of God today in our workplaces, in our communities, in our families, in our student halls, to all who are lost and broken, to proclaim and live out this liberating, loving lordship. And we can only do this because the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is present within each one of us, within you and the person next to you and the person behind you and in front of you. And the power is the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer once observed this. The church has tragically neglected this great liberating truth that there is now for each child of God a full and wonderful and completely satisfying anointing with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. Just look at that again. The spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. So filled with the spirit of God, we can have confidence to follow Jesus wherever he might take us. We can go out and we can proclaim and live the kingdom of God. We can pray for healing. We can serve the church and the world in ways that we've never done before. We can give sacrificially. We can leave our worldly securities behind. And so maybe, P's and G's, we need to be stepping out into that power which is available to each of us. Using the power and the authority that all of us have as children of God. In this passage, Jesus is not teaching us today how to be missionaries. He's teaching us to be disciples. And he's saying discipleship is all about risky faith. God has called us to church plants. He's called us to run ministries that transform lives and societies. He's called us to support our mission partners But he's called each one of us to be his partners in mission, to serve and to be his people, his disciples. And so he says to each of us, take nothing for the journey. He says, go, go, take nothing, don't delay, trust in me.